Oh, hey there, folks. This is Kate Gaffney, your host of Service from Hell. And I'm just popping on here quickly to let you know that this interview with the absolutely hilarious and incredibly lovely Anik Adele was recorded via Zoom because I was over in London and Anik was in New York at the time of recording. And so the sound quality is slightly different from what it normally is when I record. And you can hear a couple hiccups in the middle and uh, Zoom actually cut out because the internet cut out in the middle of the interview. So we had to circle back. So there are, you know, uh, that's life, but I just wanted to let you know that that is what's happening with this episode. And Anique's tour dates are all on Instagram, as well as information on how to get Anique's album. By the time of this airing, Anique's album has actually already come out. So it should be on all of the various places where you can buy and stream albums, but always please make sure you go to Anique's Instagram and follow Anique there, find out performance dates, etc. And buy Anique's album called Between Two Worlds. It is hilarious. I got to listen to it and you should too because Anique is lovely. So thank you folks so much for listening. Let's get on with the show. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, internationally touring stand-up comic, Anique Adele. Anique grew up in Germany, but began in comedy in San Francisco and now lives between New York City and Berlin. Fancy. Anique performs throughout the U.S. and Europe, recently opening for Eliza Schlesinger and has appeared at Sketchfest in San Francisco and Laughing Skull Fest in Atlanta. Anique plans to tape with Comedy Central this fall. Also, most excitedly, Anique's debut album, Between Two Worlds, came out on Blonde Machine in August of this year. So Anique is about to be too good for podcasts like mine. We're really grateful that Anik is here. So that said, Anik, what got you into comedy? Can you tell a huge difference in the reception of your jokes here versus overseas? How stoked are you for your album release? Tell us all the things. Your face oh, is awesome. Wow. <laughs> where, where should I start? Um, uh, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, um, I think uh, this this is a good moment to talk about all these things uh, as uh, I mean, the service is changing right as we as we speak it's it's um it's getting much more attention these days too right with after the pandemic so many people are missing in in the service industry and all of a sudden we realize oh they're really really indispensable these people so I love that you talk about it um what got me into comedy? I think if 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 we if we define comedy as a service industry for a second, what I think what got me into comedy is um, this undeniable want to make people laugh. That's you know whether I was with friends or in family settings, I would always have little skits and bits I would do you know my my parents celebrated 30 30 years of uh, marriage I would do like a little sketch in front of everybody or my 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 best friend was getting married I did a stand-up routine I guess without knowing it was a stand-up routine so I just love that that sort of stuff and so when I moved to the U.S. in 2014 um, I was moving for my employer but I had a six weeks break and I was like, oh, during these six weeks, I will do th two things that scare the shit out of me. And one was learning how to dance because I can't dance. <laughs> and and the other one was doing stand-up comedy because I had read um, the Jenner's biography. And when I read that, I was like, oh, this is a this is an actual job because it's not <laughs> a job in Germany, you know, like, <laughs> duh, you know, Germans, we don't know. <laughs> comedy that well you know everybody knows that so so I think when I moved to the U.S. Uh, that's the first time I realized oh this could this is a job oh my god I want that's what I want to do and then I did my first open mic in San Francisco in a laundromat called no. brainwash oh my yeah. god in a laundromat how did that go terribly <laughs> it, basically I went up last because I didn't know the rules and oh. all the comics that you know come up to that um, 
to the open mic that had already left. So I was probably the only one with no. the host. Yeah. <laughs> and then three homeless people doing laundry. So <laughs> it was it was amazing. But the thing is, I came off stage and I was so hooked. I was like, I got I got to do this again. It went Wait, terribly, you, but I, I still left. I still loved it. Really? Like, yeah. even though, so what was it about it? Was it the feeling that you got when you were just saying things? Like, what was it that hooked you? I think because I, it gave me an idea of this is where your calm, this is where your humor and your laughter and your authentic self can go. Ooh, ooh, what a great fucking answer. No, Are that's you... true because comedy, if you think about it, if people go on stage and they're not their authentic self, we pick up on it like instantly. You don't even have to be smart. We like go, yep, not buying this for a second. And so it, I don't know what it was. I think, and it ties into, I'm sure we're going to get into it later, but this, my whole identity, I was, I was kind of hiding. So I guess, you know, it, 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 it allowed me to just be more authentic and I loved it. So I, that is the, that's such a fucking like honest answer. And I love that where your authentic self can go. So it was you sort of plugging into who you know yourself to be. And when you say, you know, um, identity kind of struggles. Are you, do you want to talk about that? Is that something that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not just gender, right? For sure. Gender is coming up for me now, you know, a couple of years in, but it's, it's everything. It's, um, you're in, I was employed back in the days, right? So I was in a job and at a job, you're always putting up a little bit of a front, right? You're like, "Mm, I'm this professional person. (laughs) Oh no, I have no problems at all. And yes, I all of my all of my t-shirts are starched and you know whatever. <laughs> it's we I don't know. Everything's great, right? And so when you tear down that mask one by one because obviously it's not just one, it's it's so many. That's when you get to the bottom of things and you're like, "Oh, oh, this is I'm just going to be me." You know, I'm, I'm not going to put up a front. I'm going to talk about my insecurities. I'm going to talk about how it is to be German and live with, you know, with, uh, with shame and, and guilt, uh, how it is to, but also be ridiculed, you know, by Americans about this. And, and yet you guys had atrocities, you know, like all this stuff that comes up for you, which is kind of, it can be a little, you know, and you're like, oh, should I talk about it? And then you're like, no, I'm going to talk about it. And I think it's a matter of getting good at mm, talking about it so that it's interesting to people and that people can actually receive the message and yet you being yourself and yet you know not being I don't know judgmental about other people and just have a conversation so I don't know this art form is just the best there is to to become authentic yeah okay and so get us up to today so you you decided with the job to move from Germany to the States and was the States move meant to be permanent or was it, I'm just going to do this for the job and then I'm going back to Germany. Uh, It was potentially going to be permanent. So that was the idea of moving. And, uh, but obviously I didn't know how long it's going to take. And then uh, two years into the move, I was like, okay, I'll just stand up comedy. And then I left the job (laughs) without any new job. And I, I was like, I'll, I'll just start doing this. And, and the way I got, I got there was that I said, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to give myself six months and work full time as a stand-up comedian and see if I like every aspect of it. And by the way, I didn't come up with this genius idea. I have a strategy person who went to MIT or something and she's like, give yourself six months and then you're going to fit. And I'm like, all right. And so that's what I did. And, and I knew I had money for six months to not make any money <laughs> and try it out. And then I think that was great because it got me into like, what does stand up look like when you produce a show, when you, when you do the road, when you do the clubs, when you do other cities, like big cities, right? And so I got a really good um, array of uh, what comedy w- will look like or would look like and I loved every aspect well not every but <laughs> a lot of aspects of it and so I was like okay I think I'm gonna do this and then I got myself a contractor job and for for paying the bills and here we are 
So how did you, from a logistical standpoint, if you quit a job, I would assume that job was sponsoring you to be able to be over here. So what did you do in that six month period to be able to like, or is this not something we should talk about on the mic? Like, were you, uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not illegal. <laughs> um, so I got myself a visa and the way I got myself a visa is, uh, I, I open up my, my own company. So technically, yeah, I, I'm an investor in America. That's amazing. Open Without up being very rich, but you know. Hey, who cares? Good for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, so now, so you've released your album, and so are you about to just go on tour like crazy, or what's the like? What are the next steps for you? It's already happened, girl. So. Oh. No, but yes, I'm promoting. <laughs> obviously, I'm promoting the album, but I'm um, I'm doing the road uh, like I've been doing before and um but i live in new york now half half of my time ah. and i can't because because i've been doing uh, quote unquote the road for a little bit including during the pandemic staying in europe for almost two years i'm a little bit looking to also stay you know put in new york and actually get my feet wet and start you know um start digging into the scene here so yes it's promotion time but also trying to um you know get my feet wet in the in the new york scene that's great have you found that to be challenging uh, i think you know when you move to a new town it's always a little challenging to get to know everything oh who's my chiropractor what <laughs> dentist should i go to is the same for stand-up comedy what's the good shows what are the what are the clubs i mean sure it helps you know that you have this and that credit but it's like everything if you don't like the person or you book the friends that you have and then oh there's a new person apparently they're nice oh, i'll book them you know so you got to get to know people i'm i'm very relaxed about it but yeah i think it takes a little time and but so far i love it that's Why great. do I love it? It's very close to my European culture. And I'm like, perfect. This is where I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be. Meaning love New it. York, like the vibe of New York. New is York. Yes, ah, it's ah, very, okay. it's um, intelligent humor. It's Jewish culture. It's, uh, it's uh, no BS. I got spit in the face already three <laughs> times. You know what I mean? Like people are just going for it. I'm like, all right, this is good. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay. And so do you, um, last question in this section, are you touring bilingually? Are you doing like, will you do stand up like kind of equal parts, German, equal parts, English, or are you mostly touring in English? That's a good question. So in America, English only, right? I just came back from Bozeman headlining, you know, weekend. So that's, that's typically the jobs we do on the road, right? So headlining and clubs and amazing. You get to travel in, in Europe. I'm, doing the road in quote unquote because the the market isn't as evolved as in america yet right so the road is me having created my own show which i call unique and friends and i take it on the road as in i travel you know a couple of cities in europe and then i bring my american or non-american friends with me and i do the shows in english and in german wow okay yeah and then the way it's set up it's just like in america it's a host a, a feature and then me headlining and we go from city to city so i kind of created the road for myself because if you don't do that the way they do it in europe most of the time is you have to be the stand-up comedian and then you have to do two times 45 minutes with a break in between and i was like no way i'm doing that no. nobody wants to see that no <laughs> Even i don't want to see it right <laughs> it's too much it's too much it's too much so, so, the, so you created your own sort of path and so now that's yeah. that's where you're so you yeah. is that your main business right now uh in terms of money yeah um so for comedy i would say like touring meaning like is touring the main bread and butter yeah. oh or yeah, yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah i mean mm -hmm. i make a little bit of money uh with with the clubs in new york but it's yeah it's, yeah but it's not nobody's getting rich okay cool you know i mean yeah. you worked at the comedy store it's 15 Oof. bucks a set so yeah you can't you can work you can't live with that no you can't even buy two coffees in a day for that so yeah, yeah well yeah. okay well anique we're gonna move on so we hope folks we it. hope you enjoyed your apps we're gonna go on to the entrees after a quick break We're back. <laughs> now it is time for the entrees. Okay, Anique, 
I say that this is the like speed round of questions. It's not. Feel free to tell stories. But this is where you get into the gnarly part. And this is what the audience loves the most. So um, the dirtier, the better for any of these questions. Okay. So what was your first job ever that was like, I don't know exactly how it works in Germany, but I would assume like, you know, you, you could have had like a paper route or something where you were making cash on hand, but was there a job where you were being paid by the corporation? Like, what was that first job for you? Outside of actually bartending, I had a job at a company where they, they needed to send out marketing brochures. And it was literally taking that piece of paper, that piece of paper, and that piece of paper, putting it in an envelope and then over there. Right. So, and the entire day, that's what you did. No, you took, you took seven pieces of paper in or in whatever, you know, shape or form, put them in an envelope, seven freaking hours after seven freaking hours doing that. You do not know what your name is anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're like (laughs) in a room without windows. Should I mention? No, no. Why? Yes. Yes. Because you're young and you need the money and you're like, Oh, this, this sounds like a great job. Oh my God. Wait, how long did you last at that? Three days. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. No, it's it's physically violation of anything you have. Spirit, soul, whatever. Whatever's yeah. inside of your body. Oh, I just, I don't think the no windows thing. I, I couldn't, mm. I couldn't have done that. And then at like lunchtime, they would roll in like, you know, uh, sandwiches, but it was like just the same sandwich. No. Was it it just was like just ham one. Ham on bread. Piece- I wish it was ham. It was, <laughs> you know, is this tartar stuff? The 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 the, the minced meat. Or it, oh no, it, no. It was just it was just fucking gross. Sorry. No, wait. So you okay? So you do that for seven hours. You're just like stuffing yep. shit into. Okay, that's insane. Um, so you last there for three days, yep. and then uh, from there, were you, so were you bartending simultaneously with that? No, uh, um, bartending was when I was studying because uh, I'm a lawyer, so I was studying law. What? Right? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, okay, yeah. I know. I, I tend to not tell people because then they hate you like right away because nobody <laughs> likes lawyers. But when I was studying, I had no money. Okay. So I was I was bartending at a at a cafe that opened at 6 a.m. So I had to be there at like 4 a.m. Okay. And make bread, make little, you know, paninis, make whatever it was. Yeah, bake. Be basically be a bakery. Yeah, yeah. You weren't a bartender. You were fucking running the show there. Yeah. Because it was just me and a friend. And the, the, the funny part was she was also a law student and we had the most fun because, you know, you have to make fun of it. It's just not attainable otherwise, right? So people will come in at 6 a.m. still freaking drunk from partying, right? And they would be like, ah, let's have seven beers. And you're like, oh, man, I just got up two hours ago. How can you have a beer, man? It's gross. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so you, but sorry. So then I jumped ahead of myself. So how many customer service jobs would you say you've had total? Cause I definitely count comedy as part of that, but so we have hmm. like, we have bartending, we have the brochures comedy. So that's three. How many would you say you have overall? I had another two during, so actually like, like an actual bar, like with alcohol this, uh, at nighttime. That was uh, also during college. Um, and then, um, no, I think that's, yeah, that's the other one I did. So five total, would you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so how did you, cause like in the States, it's really hard to get into bartending in the bigger cities. So how did you get into it to get like a job that would actually like pay you well? Oh, they didn't just- pay me well. <laughs> <laughs> I would get, so I, I, I was lucky enough, I guess that, you know, Europe is a pretty, um, education heavy country so when you when you do college um, and study law they actually subsidize you as in I, I made a, I made like I think $500 a month from the state right so I was paid a quote unquote but I had to make extra money because otherwise you know how you're going to sub- <laughs> We got this. We got this. Here we go. Okay. So, so I had to supplement. Um, I had to make more money a month because what I was getting from, from our government wasn't enough to make a living. And so I had to go into a bartending slash cafe and it was, I don't know. It was, it was so bad because you had to get up at like three 30 no. to be there at 4 AM. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then you get there and then you have to bake and prepare and food and um, you have to rem- memorize all the prices for all the bakery stuff that you, you know, all the baked stuff that you did that you yourself just baked, okay? And then you had to make food in the kitchen too. Like, oh, you want a breakfast with omelet? And yeah, no problem. And then you would have to go make it. And the owner still treated me like, shit like he would take you by literally by by your t-shirt and be like look over here look over here dirty dirty while you're while there's two of you manning the whole show yes oh no it was thanks. crazy and they paid you like minimum va- wage was which okay and in, in germany back then it was like 10 bucks an hour but still it was so crazy. can i can you explain to our audience because we have an international audience so sorry for all the people in europe that are going to understand this but can you explain to our american audience kind of what that looks like as far as you know because like we're used to two bucks an hour but we'll make tips in customer service right so do you make tips over there and how does that all work no that's a good question because tips in europe is you know historic i don't know historically but typically much lower right here you tip 20 percent in europe you get away with not tipping and everybody being like all right because you make 10 bucks an hour minimum i guess that's what it was back then and now it's probably like 15 bucks an hour right which is not great but it's okay ish i guess for bartending definitely not for baking and being a cook and all that other stuff but yeah, so that's that. And then the tips, but usually people tip a couple bucks. So every interaction with a customer gets you like an extra, I would say, five to 10 bucks an hour. So you end up making 25 bucks an hour, which is okay ish. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can kind of live on that ish. Okay. So yeah. you, how long did you last at that job? Was it the whole time you were being educated? I had to, I just had to have, I had to do this job because I I had no other choice, you know, like that's because it was also very convenient for me. I would finish at like noon and then I could go do my studies, you know, so it was super convenient. But I mean, I guess because like a typical American college experience is like you, school gets in the way of drinking. So like, how did that work where you were having to get up at like 3.30 in the morning and like fucking grind? I mean, you're not out partying then. No, I wasn't. Honestly, I was probably one of the most boring college people ever. (laughs) All I would drink is coffee (laughs) and and study and and just grind through. And I think what it was too, speaking of authenticity, I was just not me. I was just like, just Mm. just studying and not confronting anything else. And I, I was single seven years. I didn't, you know, I just, I just grinded, girl. That's it. Yeah, an escape, I guess. That's a good way to distract if you're yeah, if every hour is spoken for. Yeah, I mean, there's alcohol and then there's workahol, right? So I did, I, I did that. Yeah. yeah. Well done, you. You at least made money. Okay. Uh, so yes. of the five jobs we discussed before, which was your mm. absolute favorite? And you can't, okay, but don't include comedy. Sorry, this is one time when I don't include it. Because obviously, right? What's my favorite? I think, I mean, I guess as as bad as that ca- cafe job was, I think what was sweet and nice about it was that I got to be with my friend and we just would make fun of everybody. And we, we, we would play mind games of like, all right, you have to go get, you know, the order in, but you can't use your notepad. So you have to memorize everything. Okay. You know, you, yeah, you, we would do stuff like that. And then of course she would take the money because, you know, this was before, Everything was put in like iPads and yeah, electronic stuff. So this was on paper orders, right? So we would just like, she was, she was just crazy. She would take orders and then she would tell them, I don't know, it's, oh, it's 37 bucks, you know, at the end of the day. And then they would pay her, I don't know, 39, right? With two, two euro tip. And she would just put five euro in the, <laughs> the tip jar. <laughs> and I would be like, you can't do that. And she's like, why not? I'm like, all right. So we okay. would make really good tips every time we did the <laughs> shift together. And it was just fun with her, I guess. So I, I as much as I hated it, you know, I kind of like, and I'm a morning person, so I like I like the mornings. And you know what's interesting? When you work mornings, taxi drivers come into your cafe, and that's their end of day, you know, oh, shift. sure. Yeah, so it was kind of nice. They were hanging out. They were like, all right, job is done. Let's get some food and a beer and go to sleep, you know? So you, it's kind of, I don't know, you got to know other people. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, what's your least favorite of all of those jobs? Ugh. Um. 
I worked another bartender job when I was um, in what we call apprenticeship. And when you're a lawyer, you have to go through all these stages and make an apprenticeship. And I was in an apprenticeship with a judge and, and I had to still bartend. And this guy, the guy who owned the bar, he would just come down completely coked up, right? Completely Ooh. on coke, cocaine. Like, all right, what's going on? Where's that alcohol? Like he would accuse everybody of stealing alcohol. And we're like, dude, we're not doing that, you know? And he's like, well, so where's my money? And you would, you would like bust your ass and he would still be like, what? We only made this kind of money. Ah, like he, it, it was your fault if you didn't make more money that night and i was like dude that's not on me also you're spending all that money on coke and and prostitutes i found that out later right yeah oh how'd you find that out well so <laughs> there was this he, he would call in and be like it did blah 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 arrive and i was like who's but no i don't who's that and he's like oh okay never mind then and then women would come into the he would live above the bar okay so women would come into the cafe and we would be like who's that and then she would ask for the owner and we're like this is weird and so we kind of made the connection but I, I had to have to ring the doorbell over there <laughs> and then she would come back down later and we're like oh not a so. date not a date definitely an exchange yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny yeah. okay so that was your least favorite so mm. can you like when you experience did you did you ever bartend in the states or was it all back in germany this is all in Europe, yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't do, no, I didn't do bartending in the States. So did you find that there was an adjustment period when like the first time, I mean, I recognize that you probably were aware that we tip in the States before you lived here, but like, did you find that there was an adjustment period of like, wait, how much do y'all expect to tip? Or were you just told ahead of time? So you knew whatever, it's like two bucks for a drink or whatever, that kind of thing. I mean, I was an exchange student in Texas when I was like 16. Ah, and that's kind of when we literally had like an introduction to the United States. Okay. Yeah, it, it was like funny. They put us in a room. They're like, okay, so in America, we shave. <laughs> in America, we shower every every morning. And in America, we don't say this is shit and this is good. We say this is different and interesting. All that stuff. And in America, we tip 20%. So I was like, okay. Shit. <laughs> This guy, I, it, since then I knew, and so all right, and um, but yeah, I know historically Europeans don't know that stuff, and then they come over and they tip a couple bucks, and Americans are like, "What the fuck?" Because they don't know that yeah. American people in the in the in the waitstaff industry only make what two three bucks, like you said. Yeah, and it, it's it's actually funny because Europeans are always like, "Oh man, this waiter was so nice," and like. Yeah, there is a reason. And they don't get it at all. It's so funny. So do you think that that is the distinction in the customer service realm of like Europe versus the States? Like the, the servers over here are, and bartenders are nicer because they're working for the tip? I mean, I get it. It's fair game. You know, yeah. if, if I were dependent on tips, I would be super nice too. You know, yeah. I mean, but that's actually what I like about it. I, as much as I hate that they don't make more an hour, it's kind of nice for the customer that even if a little fake or whatever, it's nice. Oh, my mm -hmm. name is so-and-so. I'm going to be a waiter. If you need anything, let me know. Right? In, in Germany, we, people are, it's, it's, we're known to be fucking rude to people when we're in the service. And we're just like, we're, we can't be bothered for, by your order, right? We're like, all right, what do you want? You know, like that. And I'm like, oh, God. So I'm not saying the fake stuff is always good, but I kind of, as a customer, I'm like, or as a human being in an exchange, I like it better. I, I'm not going to lie. So That's lovely. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock? Wow. What's the weirdest thing? Um, let me think. No problem. Take your time. Do, does comedy count too? Absolutely. Feel free to throw that mm. in. Okay. So I, I will say this, the, the casino gigs for sure. Right, you're booked as a comedian in casinos, and it's and sometimes it's it's okay, and most of the times it's horrible because you're in front of people who are jaded, <laughs> probably drunk, smoking in front of you, okay, oh. and and they and the poor people, I mean, they're like they're just trash people, you know. 
it's it's not their fault but they're like they're like oh there's comedy yeah all right sure let's go see comedy you know and then they sit in front of you and you're like oh am I gonna make them laugh but then I'm like okay that as a comedian that's actually my job right to be like these people they have nothing left in life that makes them brings them joy okay let's you know what let's make them laugh and I, I always try but once I was in a casino and it was it was three people three people and the headliner was like i'm not doing this i'm like no we're doing this and he's like three people and they're sitting like way in the back no and, come on yeah and you're like and so i was like let's go people come all the way up and i made them all three i made them sit in front of us <laughs> and oh it was God. and it was i i don't know it was so bad but we kind of pulled it off, you know, and the headliner hated me for it, but I, I actually liked it. And so at the end, I mean, I guess it was the worst I've done, but I don't know. Yeah. Casino, casino gigs are just terrible. And you Not think it's, it, it's the dichotomy of like, they just probably all lost their life savings at the blackjack table. And so now they're just coming to try and do whatever, or you think they got like tricked into going to the show? Uh, I no. So the casino offers it as part of, oh, look what you get here. Oh, all this comedy, all this program. It's free, too. Free. It's free. That's, that sucks. Yeah. And yeah. you know this, right? Every time yeah. something's free, people are like, can't be good if it's free. Oh, that sucks. Oh, and then they sit there and they're saying, all right, and they smoke and then eating and... Oh god, it's terrible. Okay, so that's that's anyway. pretty weird to ask a bunch of people to move forward just to perform for three humans. God bless. Okay. Mm. Um, was there ever and I don't know if culturally this is this is a thing, but like was there ever an incident where they asked to speak to your manager because of something that happened or like something that they perceived happened? Oh wow. I guess I guess not. But yeah, I, I will say this. I mean, you know, if you <laughs> I, I did have this feedback from 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 a from a stand-up comedian um, audience member once. I was again casino gig, and obviously it was this huge room with this headliner who was doing the da da dee da da dum da da dee da da dum, you know, jokes. And I already knew this is good. they're not going to be on board with my shit, you know. <laughs> And so I walk up and I do, obviously, I do all my gender jokes. I do all my gay and Germany <laughs> jokes. And I was like, yep, we're going through this. And then at the end of the show, this guy comes up to me and he's like, oh, honey, we really liked you, but we don't know the gays. And, and honestly, we don't even know what Germans are like. And, <laughs> you know, like that. And I was like, all right, okay. What? Uh, read the room <laughs> but sometimes you gotta go for it you know like i was yeah. in dallas texas and it was cowboy hats only and i was like right we're gonna do gender jokes because you really, you know, so you'll do that to yourself you're like i will challenge myself oh, with this experience like that a hundred percent it's funny to me first of all <laughs> and second of all that's you know the cowboy hats they hear their bubble stuff every day they right. will never hear gender stuff unless and I'm like, right, now we're going through that, you know, and and I challenge myself, too, because I want people to hear different stuff. And the way you you can't if you force it on them in a way that they can't um, digest it, then they won't be open to it. But if you if you, you know, suggest it and then they're like, all right, I've never thought of that. That's funny. You know, then then I did my job because that's when I you know, opened their horizon a little bit or the perspectives, maybe, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, this cowboy hat in Dallas, Texas, I was doing my gender joke <laughs> and, and and he was not looking at me at all. And after the show, I was like, oh, he comes up to me and I'm like, oh God, he's going to punch me. <laughs> and then he, he comes up to me and he goes, this was so good. Thank you so much for explaining this. Finally, my wife gets it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the idiot, right? I'm the idiot thinking cowboy hats will not get this. And so I that night opened my eyes as to, I had the preconceived notion of that this guy is an asshole, you know? And so I, I got to stop doing that. I love that a lot, actually. That's really sweet. Yeah. Do you find that your training as a lawyer informs mm. kind of like even you being able to have that perspective of comedy where you say, okay, I know I need to kind of subvert this in a way i'm still gonna have the conversation i'm still gonna bring up the things that matter to me but i'm gonna not do it in a like fuck you listen to me mm. you're gonna be more subtle like do you think that those things inform each other that's a good question i never thought of that but i will say this 
I think that as a as a lawyer, you you are trained on words and how to use words, right? And so if you if you make an argument in court, you you make an argument to win the argument, right? And so you can't win an argument if you're going to be like, oh, well, this is an asshole, and this is going to happen, and this, by the way, this I'm right, you know? Yeah, you're not going to. So I maybe I it trained me to be. A little bit more factual as to this is happening. This is I'm just presenting the facts a little bit. Eh, here they are. If you want them, okay. If you don't want them, that's fine too. But just listen to what I have to say, and you know, you make it you make it smooth and soft, and um, and it, I think oh, with an openness to if they don't buy it, that's okay too. Mm. But you it's tried detached from the results. That helps a lot. So. And entertainment. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have to be all the time anyway. So that's lovely. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you personally tip? Oh, so much. Wait, why? <laughs> well, because I was in the service industry, right? And uh, I I'm, I see them, you know, they have shitty shoes and you're like, oh man, she has to <laughs> do this shift in eight hours with these shitty shoes. And <laughs> you can see she's really trying and the kitchen is giving her shit. Like you see stuff because you know waiting, right? You know what's happening everywhere or... And, and you know their environment. And so I feel so bad. I tip so much. And every time I get so mad when I'm with people who don't tip. Are you? Same. Do you get mad? So furious. Like I, mm. I will go back and add money. It's a date really? show for me. Oh, yeah. If I look at the bill, if the, if the date paid for it, and I look at the bill and I'm like, that's abhorrent, I will add cash and that will be the last date. Yeah, 100%. I do that. I, I do that with my parents because they're so... My parents are post-war, right? So they're like, oh, we got to be very careful with money. Of course. And I'm like... And like in Germany again, right? You would tip like a couple of euros on a sixty dollar bill. Let's say maybe two or three. If you're generous, four euro. Okay, that that will be that will be the uh, standards. They tip twenty cents. Bless and I'm their like, hearts. You can't fucking be serious about. That. I'm I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed for you. And I'll, like you, I'll add money to it. Yeah. I'm like, oh god. And they're like, what? It's generous tip. I'm like, twenty cents. Are you joking? What can you buy for twenty cents? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Do you, it's terrible. Will you ever not tip? Is there like a setting in which if the server does X, you're like, you know what? No, no tip for you. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because um, this might be wrong, but I, I have this perceived reality that women, um, and I, arguably, maybe I'm not a woman anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, women are, tend to be nicer to people who are assholes to them. Oh, so true. And I'm like, I'm not. For that reason, I, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. I So if somebody's an asshole to me, I'm not going to tip them. And I'm, it's, hap- it's happened maybe five times in my life. Okay. But for that reason, not because I'm like, oh, you asshole. Because I'm sure there's a reason, you know, they had a bad day or whatever, blah, blah. But because I can't be one of the other women who just, oh, you don't like me. Please like me. Here's more money. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not what? doing that. What an interesting, I've never in the years of this podcast, no one's ever given that answer. That's a really interesting perspective. And we do, like, we are socialized to do that of like right? earning, earning it and like, fuck that noise. Yes. Do, you, do, do you tip more when somebody's an asshole to you? I don't now because, but I used to, before I worked at the comedy store, I, mm. for sure. And then after working at the comedy store, when I was perpetually a dick to people, cause I was, that job was so hard. <laughs> I just like, now I'm like, no, no, you can, you can choose to not be an asshole. Like that's it. But I would get on the, sh- there would be some men who really liked to be abused and they would be at tables. And like, it wasn't like I was leaning in cause I get joy out of it. It was just cause I was miserable. But if I really gave it to them, like I'd, I'd walk away with more money, which is so crazy yeah it is how I mean, long how long did you work at the comedy store uh almost three years so right it was all pre-covid and then as soon as covid hit that was oh that's when you quit yeah i feel like um, I, I know you from from the comedy i'm sure we probably yeah i'm sure yeah. okay so were you ever personally fired from a customer service job no i believe you can you describe top to bottom who the worst customer would be or an interaction you had with a particular customer that you were like, this was the worst experience I can remember having in customer service. Like an actual customer. I'm trying to, not really. I don't, I don't have a good story for you, so I'm not going to make one up. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Do you have like a, if you saw an interaction happen and you would be like, that customer's a piece of shit and that customer service worker is like, you, f- you would like feel for that customer service worker. Do you have something, a scenario that you could think of where you would be like, oh, I'm tempted to intervene. Like that's so shitty. Yeah, I see that at hotels a lot. Do you know that when some when you have like a group of people who booked a hotel room, I think I'm guessing it's the same in the restaurant industry, right? There's always this one guy who feels super responsible for the whole group because he organized this shit. And then he will yell at people like I had a friend who was who was a receptionist at the hotel and they would yell at her like because they felt the pressure of the group and the responsibility and then in their head it was like i gotta i gotta show them that you know i'm I'm the man or whatever the fuck they think in their head you know and i i mean bless her heart she was so good at this she would like you know what she would do he would yell at them yell at her and i watched i I watched her i was like oh god she's gonna yell back like that's what i would do she did not yell back at she asked him like so many questions oh really how long are you guys staying okay and where are you from like she like boom 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 gave him and he was like what yeah well from texas and whatever you know that all of a sudden he's giving her all this information i'm like wow this is so interesting but i felt really bad for i i don't know i don't i wouldn't have handled it that way yeah i'm not i'm not as much as i think that like when i'm pushed to my limit i would have some sort of chambered response i would probably just freeze and be like okay you're yelling whatever you want did you have somebody yell at you at the comedy oh, all store? The time, all the time. All the time. I had someone like try and push me down the stairs. I had Stop. girls in my face. Like, oh yeah, threaten, threaten me. Like, yeah, all the time. I had to get walked out to my car several times. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a it's chaos there. It's the two drink thing that throws mm-hmm. people. They're like, I don't want to do this thing that I agreed to do before I got here. And it's just like they just don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And so yeah, it uh, sets up I'm a dynamic. Oh, Sorry about that. Are you going to come back though? <laughs> yeah, to LA for sure, but I don't know oh, about the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just here temporarily. But okay, um, okay we have one more section. We're going to move on to the good stuff. Go for Anique, it. Anique, here we go. We hope you saved room for dessert, audience. Okay, Anique, this is the nice part. So this is where we talk about the happy shit. That's why it's the shortest section. What was the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working that you can think of? I will say this. I will pick a story from my stand-up life. Um, And I was in Fargo, North Dakota once, not too long ago. I was recording my album, which is coming out. (laughs) And um, Remind us of the name again. I'll say it again at the end, but remind us of the name. Between Two Worlds. Love it. Okay, keep going. And um, I was recording, and I love the audience. I love Fargo. I love the club. They were the first ones giving me, you know, headlining opportunity. Aww. They were the first ones putting my my picture on the wall. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, if I ever record an album, I'm coming back, you know, and doing it here because I love this club so much. And so um, I performed two nights, two headlining gigs. The audience didn't know we were taping because I wanted to keep it, you know, real and special and magical. And it was so much fun actually i forgot i was taping okay and you know and it's great and you and that's usually what happens in comedy when it's good yeah everybody's happy and you leave and oh this was a good night but one there's one one of the two nights this lady walks up to me after the show and she goes oh my she's like crying okay and i'm like what's happening and she's like I wanted to tell you that it's it's so good to hear you talk about, you know, transgender topics. I have a kid who's transgender and representation matters. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, I would have started like, sobbing. I, I want to cry right I'm now. Cry. I, you know, no, I'm, I, I did cry. I, I, I cried a little. I had like goosebumps everywhere. And that's when you realize as a comedian, because we don't know this, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to do jokes and I'm going to try to be authentic and this for me and my my journey. And oh, I hope people you know, laugh. But we don't realize the responsibility sometimes that we have or the effects, you know. And that's when I was realizing I was like, OK, there's fucking responsibility here, too. <laughs> and i loved it and so yeah i think that's the nicest thing i've, I've, I've oh. heard oh i would have sobbed i would have sobbed hmm. okay um what's the best time you've ever had at work you can include comedy the best time should i do stand up again you can okay well right after my top surgery <laughs> amazing here we go no here we go 
slight topic. Um, <laughs> light topic. Yeah, right after my post-surgery, I was still on drugs, I will say. I was still very weak from surgery because it takes time for you to heal, right? This is major surgery, right? And so I was still, I was recovering. I was still laying in bed and flat. And at some point I was like, all right, I got to, I feel like I could, do i could go out again because for for like two weeks flat i couldn't even walk okay because you, you're just weak and stuff and so after i gained a little bit of strength i was like, all right I, th I think i should go back and and i there's a room in berlin this was in berlin and there's a room in berlin that i really love it's a small room it's called the riva and this is the first time i, I you know i did set after after top surgery and i i thought it was just going to be set you know and i walk in and there's the, the guy I, it was weird energy and i was like what's something's going on right and then and then the guy already the the host he's like all right guys i got something really special for you fresh off top surgery da, 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 da. And, I, and i was like oh okay and I, I i didn't even know he knew you know and i come up and the the, the whole room seem to be there just for me yeah <laughs> and you're like whoa and they're like clapping they're like standing ovation and you're like this might be the drugs or this is actually <laughs> happening you know? so that that felt that felt really special i felt like a celebrity right there you know i was like <laughs> i know, love that a lot that was sweet. Oh, that's really yeah. lovely okay what is the what's the best lesson that you have personally learned from working in any kind of customer service? Um, I think it's the choose your battles uh, theme because right because um, if if somebody yells at you, you now you have an option: are you going to yell back or are you not going to yell back? And I think um, now where I'm at, I feel like. It, I've gotten a little smarter about the effects of your reaction. So if you're going to yell back, that relationship's gone, right? So pick the battle and go, well, this guy needs to see some boundaries or I can let that go because I don't care that much. It's much more important that we keep the relationship. Say your manager yells at you, right? Are you going to yell back or are you going to be like that? Yeah, that's interesting, right? And just divert or something like, you know, because you know you need that relationship and then have a talk with them later. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, you got to sit them down and have the talk about the talk and be like, hey, God, look, I know this happened. We're all stressed, but I, I really like if you do this instead of this. Um, so I think that's the, yeah, that's the number one lesson. Like it's about energy. If, the, if, if you're going to be nice to them, chances are they're going to be nice to you but then also sometimes you have to actually do the battle right and be like no this is my boundary so yeah that's lovely and then final question in this section what is one piece of advice that you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers well i'm guessing that's what everybody says but i'm going to say it. put yourself in their shoes mm. these are people why do they have the job in the first place Probably because they need the money. It's not because everybody loves serving other people. You know, some people may, but a lot of people just need the freaking money. And, and you know, it's not their best choice. And they're doing a hard work. They're doing a hard, you know, job. And, and if, if it's not on time, chances are it's not even their fault, right? There's a kitchen. There's other stuff going on. And so, yeah, put yourself in their shoes. It's not funny. And tip well. That's what, what, a, what a great piece of advice, Anik. I'll take it. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Anik, you are such a delight. How can people get in touch with you? Like, are you, uh, I know your album is coming out and we're going to put the links and everything uh, in the show notes, but can you just give us your pitch on how people can find you? Sure. I think the best one is like for, for a lot of people, but for me is Instagram because I put some of my jokes there so people can get a feeling of what I do. But then also I always post my tour dates or where I'm at. And so that's, uh, I think that's the best way for me. Okay. Can so. you spell and give your handle? Yeah, sure. It's at Anika Dell. So A-N-N-I-C-K and then A-D-E-L-L-E, all one word. And do you, um, as far as like comedy goes, what is your ultimate, here's my goal, this is where I want to get to, like, this is what I'm about to get after? Girl, everything. Netflix Good. special, international comedian working in Berlin, Paris, Amsterdam, 
Barcelona, New York, LA, Seattle. Fuck yeah. That's <laughs> you the right know? answer. Okay. All the good ones. What's your favorite part of doing comedy? Like when you get on stage, what's what's the thing you that gets keeps you going back up there? And I will say this. This is a little deep, but I will say this. To me, comedy is is energy too. And like people come into a club and they're millions of people and they're all from all walks of lives, right? Like I said, cowboy hats and whatnot, jaded casino people. <laughs> but but if you manage as a comedian to make them one one piece of blob of energy we're all laughing and stopping mm. and laughing and stopping and you're kind of the conductor of that i i feel like people are craving it because in this environment we're so divided and oh look what they said oh yeah these assholes right we're all pitched against each other and i think people actually crave to be one for a second and comedy allows for that sometimes and i i love that so yeah i'm very i'm very grateful and privileged that i get to do that Jesus, what a fucking I'm good sorry. answer. That's a phenomenal answer. What are you talking about? If I love this it. is I too totally deep, agree. let me know. No, I can do not at all. dick no. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in a dick joke while we're here. We've got we've got six minutes left. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> do you actually have a dick joke? I will die. I have a dick pick joke. Um, <laughs> that's that's one. But and is it on your album? It's on my album. That's what I thought. Okay, great. So Folks, we're going to drop your checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here at Service from Hell, we'd love to have you subscribe, rate, and or review, but you're listening on Sirius XM channel 771 right now. So find us elsewhere if you want to do that. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. If you want to get in touch with us here at Service from Hell directly, send us your receipts to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thanks, Anik. This was so lovely. It was so nice to have you on. And I, I hope that everybody comes and buys your album. Oh, can they buy your album or is, are you streaming it only? Uh, they can pre-order it now and they can buy it uh, starting August 12th. What's the easiest way to pre-order? Is there like a direct link or is that on Instagram too? It's so in my bio, in my, on my Instagram, I have the link, but it's, it's literally a link to Apple music or iTunes. If you don't have Apple music and then you can pre-order it. And then when it comes out, it automatically reminds you kind of thing. Okay. And what's the, what's the track that if they were going to pick when they buy your album and they want to get the track that defines the thing that you're like, this is how you get to know my comedy best, which is the track that you would say. Wow. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I will say, no, don't worry (laughs) about it. I will say I have one piece on atrocities because being from Germany, I have to talk about it. And, uh, I think it's just interesting how we deal with atrocities as countries and, uh, my take on how America is dealing with it, you know, and it's not it's not always easy, but, um, you know, we got to deal with our history. And I, I like it because um, hopefully, you know, I get to say those things and the people uh, it opens some perspective. So, yeah, I will say the atrocities piece, probably. I also think you have a pretty bold move, if I can say that, like where you do uh, crowd work and it worked out. I was like, this is a risk to do on an album. Like, I was so impressed. Really? And you just like, yeah, you just handled it because crowd work is like a rare. I mean, I think people do planted crowd work. I think they do things where they're like, I know I'm going to say this thing. But I felt like yours was like, <laughs> I'm just going to talk about this person in the audience right now. I was impressed. It was that's what good. I wanted to. That's what I want to be known for going forward. That, you know, like <laughs> no, for sure, really, for real. Yeah, I, crowd work and in the moment and risking everything. I felt that way because I was like, rarely will people put crowd work on an album. So well done, you. Thank that was you. Impressive. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. me. Oh, you were delightful. I really appreciate Aww. it. I can't, I can't wait to be like, oh, look, that Netflix special that came out. I, I got to talk to Anik. Fuck y'all. Uh, <laughs> Anik's too busy to be on your podcast now. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I'll always drop you a check. <laughs> anyway. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah, cool. This was lovely. I love that you do that podcast, you know, because like so many people in the, in the service industry and they just don't get, you know, seen that much. And I love mm-hmm. that you do that girl. Thanks. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank so you for much. pivoting with this. I know this was a fucking pain in the ass. I really appreciate it. You're all good. Flexible. Yeah. Improv. I love it. Thank you. Have a great Have rest a good of your evening. Day. Bye. Bye.